Welcome back to Manga in Your Ears. My name is Corey, and I have a very special guest with me, uh, Ryan Estrago, one of the co-writers for Bang Book Club, published by Iron Circus Comics. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be on the special Manhua edition. <laughs> yeah, um, this is basically a Manhua, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's you know it's I don't know quite know what to make because it's a uh, it's made by one Mexican American and two Koreans and published out of Chicago, so it's something. I don't know. It's just a comic. <laughs> Yeah. So, as I said, this is called Bang Book Club, but uh, Ryan, would you like to just break down the book for us? Well, Bang Book Club is a a true story about my wife growing up in 1980s uh, under, she basically grew up under a dictatorship and didn't know it until uh, she joined this, she thought she was just joining a reading club, and it turned out to be a banned book club that was like risking death and torture and arrest to just be nerds and read books that they weren't supposed to and uh ended up you know learning how to make molotov cocktails and and fight fascists and uh and kind of build democracy in south korea so yeah it's a it's just a a story about uh romance and adventure and molotov cocktails yeah uh that that would be a great elevator pitch (laughs) but i I did read a couple interviews you you mentioned that uh uh i apologize i don't i don't speak korean so i'm about to uh throughout this entire podcast mangle a bunch of Korean names, but your wife, uh, Hyun-suk. Yep. Cool. Um, she, you were on a walk. She just mentioned that, uh, oh, this was like the time that I got interrogated by the military police. And that was just like an offhand comment for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, she just, you know, she had met some friends from that time and it wasn't like, you know, we'd been married for many years, known each other for over a decade and it wasn't like she was like, okay, I'm going to let you in my secret. She's just like, oh, yeah, I did that. that was a guy I knew back when I got interrogated the secret police. I'm like, "You wait, what did you do? <laughs> and uh, and I was so surprised. She's just like, uh, I'm like, tell me more. She's like, ah, not much to it. And like, it's, it's just, she, she, and again, she wasn't keeping secrets. She just, it was so normal to her. That was how she grew up. She's like, that's just life. You get interrogated by the secret police sometimes. And so, uh, and then I just tweeted about it. Iron Circus saw that tweet. They uh, asked us if they wanted to make a book about it. And I'm like, Hensuk, do you think there's enough meat on those bones? Do you think you can like, we can make a whole book out of it? And she's like, I don't know. It's not that interesting. And then like for a year, I just kept getting more and more stories. And I'm like, wait, what happened? Wait, you did what? <laughs> Your friend did what? And I'm like, every single person involved was like, I, I don't know when I was going to read that. But it's like, do you not realize how wild the story is? Uh, yeah. I mean, when I read it, it seems like um something out of fiction like i i wasn't aware of how um how intense the the censorship in korea was uh besides very recently with uh bong joon ho and like reading stories about that but to the extent that they are banning books that they're torturing their citizens uh, i had no idea yeah that's that's because of the work that these people did and like getting rid of that and then like you mentioned bong joon ho that was a little thing that was starting to creep back in. It was like Korea had made so much progress. And then uh, for some reason, the daughter of the guy who started the dictatorship was like elected the president. And they're like, hey, we're making so much progress. We got a female president. And everybody's like, um, actually, she's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit backwards, don't you think? And uh, it turned out that it was. And she was trying to institute that kind of thing. Like she couldn't actually ban people from watching his movies but she was trying to like stop anyone that had criticized her father by like taking away any government funding or anything and uh people very quickly were like yeah we're, we're not doing this and rose up to remove her from power yeah um so you mentioned the the book came about because iron circus saw one of your tweaks um 
and that was basically the pitch for it. But was there anything, or what was the the entire process uh, like? Was it just like they reached out to you and said, "Oh, this tweet sounds really interesting," or was there more formal pitch process? I mean, it was basically a subtweet because she just she posted. Uh, she was just on a thread about like books she'd like to publish, and one of them was uh, my time in a uh, book club, band book club in Korea. In parentheses, if the if you think this is about you, it is. Please email me. And so, like, I just happened to see that. Like, I, I live in South Korea, so like, I don't see the same Twitter the Twitter timeline as anybody else. So, like, I just happened to be scrolling back, and I'm like, wait a minute, is Spike subtweeting my wife? And I'm like, is that me? She's like, email me, and I like with right away we we got a deal and uh and then again i I had to like sit down with my wife and be like can you remember any more details anything happened and so basically the process was like i'd have to my wife and i would have date nights where i'd take her out get her a a a glass of wine she'd drink half a glass and like get a little tipsy and be like and then we did this and then we did this and i'd be like writing it down (laughs) uh and then like i'd i'd write write out a script of what happened and show it to her and she'd be like oh no not like this like this and then she went out and did interviews. She like reunited with all the people from her book club and all the teachers and things like that and different people that she knew during that time and people from different political point of views and uh, did lots of interviews that she recorded and she'd come translate them, explain them to me. And uh, we just kind of pieced as many stories as we could together into one cohesive narrative. Wow. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, so throughout this, throughout that writing process, was it you doing a lot of the um, formal comic writing, like in the, the stuff that actually appears in the word bubbles and such, or uh, was she contributing to that very significantly? It's it like the the one sitting down at the computer and writing was me, uh, but it was all based on things on her words. Uh, so like she would just tell me about a situation that happened, and I'd be like, "Tell it to me again." She's like, "I already told you." I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> And I'd, I'd be like, tell me what the words that you said. What did they say? And like, it, just kind of writing it down and then just trying to organize those thoughts uh, for her to, to then take and, and rework and remix and, and tell me how to make them more accurate to her experience. Right. So, uh, I mean, obviously not a lot of this is probably one for one, uh, the exact words that were spoken because this was, what, 30 or 30 or 40 years ago. So memories might be a little frazzled there, but... Um, how much of this do you think did you like write the dialogue for? So I don't know how a better way to yeah. say that, but you know. Yeah, and it, like you said, there's no way to know what was was actual set actually said. My goal was to use words to make the the reality of the situation come to light. The you know, uh, it, it's not important who who made what joke or who did what. Like it's just I wanted everything that happened to the characters to be something that really happened. Um, and there, there were moments in writing the script where, you know, we were doing all these interviews and details were still fuzzy. We we're getting documents and everything and reading them. And there were like holes in it that I didn't know how to make things fit together. I didn't know how to make things end. And I was, there was moments where I was feeling like the ending was too much my invention because I was trying to like create satisfying endings for these characters and then all of a sudden we we got this story from one of the interviewees about how the 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 school had he had printed something he wasn't supposed to in the school newspaper and they started burning the copies and i'm like wait a minute what that happened why did no one tell me this earlier and they're like ah oh, that happened all the time i'm like but this is this ties together every theme of the book this like involves every character in the book so it was, it was amazing when things when i actually learned things that could 
solve story problems that actually did happen and learn from the people that it happened to. And even if I didn't know the exact words that they said, the significance of that experience to them and how it affected them. Right. So um, there is a lot of like uh, violence in this book. Um, people are being beat up by the secret police and such. But it, it, to me, it never really felt grotesque or overt. Um, how do you balance showing that uh, while not feeling that it would be overwhelming to a reader? Yeah, there was a lot of talk uh, about that with, between us and the artist Go Hyung Ju. Um, it, you know, it, it is a book for your, that can be read by younger readers, and we didn't want to, you know, have anything frightening or like you know damaging to them. But it was very important to me to show what these people actually went through, like these people that that took their time to to relive what they'd gone through and tell us about it. Like we didn't want to do wrong by them by minimizing what they experienced. And these people genuinely did, you know, deal with some really horrifying things just to read these books and try and do better for their country. Uh, so it was mostly, you know, we, we didn't show any, um, you know, any, any anything, any gore or anything like that. But, to, you know, we, we show people being kicked and falling down. We show like black eyes because people were taken into police stations and, you know, they'd be they would disappear for days and just, uh, you know, have to deal with just an angry person beating them up to try and get information that doesn't exist because they're convinced there's some conspiracy from North Korea that it's really just nerds reading books. Uh, so <laughs> we, we, we wanted to show the, how scary it was without showing the actual, you know, brutality of it in any real, you know, damaging way. Right. But you, you do, I think you balance that, uh, those moments of violence where they're being made up with, uh, better moments of levity, like, Right after Hoon gets out from being big up, he meets Hyunsuk's parents, and that, that's a very comedic scene. Uh, but how did you decide where to insert those more comedic moments into the story? Yeah, but I, I just really wanted to, the book not to feel like this, you know, post-apocalyptic uh, dystopia book because that that's not what these situations are like in real life. Like when when people, whether we're realizing you know now when things are getting worse and worse around the world, it's not like everything stops and uh you know it's dystopia time now people are still trying to live their lives people are still trying to have moments of levity people are still trying to to date and meet friends and have fun and so we wanted to make it feel as much as possible like you know any slice of life college book that you might have it just so happens that oh we have to deal with being disappeared by the secret police and um because it, you know, like I said, when Hyunsuk joined this group, she didn't even realize that she lived under a dictator because it had been so drilled into everyone's heads. You don't talk about politics. And it, every time you try to call out what's happening, it, things get worse for you. So people just stop talking about it. She had no idea. She was just trying to, like, let's go to college and make friends and join some clubs. And this, like, horror was intruding into her life. It, it wasn't what her life was. It was this thing that was that was coming into her life and how it's about how she dealt with it uh without you know being just you know destroyed by it right so uh switching gears a little there seems to be some general parallels between uh again korean names so apologies in advance but chun do hwan and park gun uh mm -hmm. and i think those the comparisons and the parallels extending somewhat to the u.s was there any uh effort to highlight the things that maybe a more younger modern audience would be able to pick up on yeah i mean the 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 similarities between the, you know, the older Korean politician, and the newer politician were very clear just because like the, the, uh, Gune, the, the president that was impeached here literally was 
Chen Duhuan's uh, boss's sis, uh, daughter. So like they was just kind of directly trying to recreate that that regime. But uh, as far as with uh, you know politics in the U.S. and around the world, like that wasn't something I set out to do. But like when people would tell me things about like how the media was called fake and how uh, you know people were in, people were encouraged not to do this and uh, like the, that kind of stuff. Like I'm like if I were writing fiction, people would be like, that's a little too on the nose. Like you can't, <laughs> can't directly have a politician say this. You can't, but I'm like, this is literally what happened. And it's just, it shows that hi- history, you know, finds ways to repeat itself. Like things keep happening and people keep having to fight against it. There's no like, you know, progress isn't a straight line. It's just kind of, we learn from the past and find ways to do what other people did in the past to, to try and make things better. Right. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And hopefully this this book does get through to some readers, at least. Um, it seemed to be obvious enough to have those kind of um, historic parallels, if not intentional parallels, you know. Yeah, it's it. Uh, I, I'm really excited for people to read this, because like I said, the um, what people what people in Korea learned from these experiences back in the 80s, like really helped them uh, get rid, you know, solve the problem that happened a few years ago. Like I said, um the president in Korea got impeached and it was because the president was starting to do some of these like creepy banning things and, uh, you know, uh, taking away rights from people and people were just like, Oh no, we, we know where that leads. We're not going to deal with this again. And people protested so much. Like it wasn't just a protest. It was every single night and every single weekend people were filling cities. Like if you see photos, it looks like, you know, it just, people as far as the eye can see just protesting and not stopping even after the impeachment was done they would not stop until she was removed from office and now she's in prison so it's just like people if you learn from the past you can be like oh i know exactly where this goes we're not going to wait one more second to see what happens (laughs) like we need to snip this in the bud exactly um so there this is a memoir so it's focused in the uh in the 80s but was there any inclination to try and provide some more general background to Korean history? You do have some stuff with uh, mentioning Chung Do Hwan, uh, or his predecessor, actually. Um, but some some more background would be maybe informational, if not directly related to the story. Well, I really, I mean, there is a lot of information in the book, but what I wanted to do is filter, filter it all through when Hyunsuk learned it and why it was important to her. So like when she was starting off in college, like the, the history, you know, like I said, the whole idea of the Chen Duhuan regime was you don't talk politics. We talk politics. We're going to handle all of that. Uh, you don't need to worry about what came before. You don't need to worry about systems of government. We got that handled. So Hyunsuk didn't know about, you know, what had happened and how they came to be in power uh, until, all of these things started happening. She joined a book club and they're, and she's wondering why they would do that. And then they showed her some, some news footage. So it, it, we, we shared the information that was important to her and it kind of like, um, it, you know, it's not important. You know, it, this could be a, a fictional world, but it, it's not. So it's just, I think what was important for the readers to know was just, you know, there's a dictatorship and people don't know it. And so, uh, you know, it's it's all about learning learning that learning how that happened and then how to fight against it that i think was important to the the characters and the story in the world right so do you think i mean this is something that is interesting to me in particular uh but do you think a extensive comic on korean history would garner any interest i know there is one or a one on japanese history from drawn and quarterly by shigeru mizuki i believe but 
perhaps a Korean one is in order? Uh, there, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the series. There's a, a series of, um, of books by a Korean artist that I, I'm blanking on the name of. That it's uh, he he did basically histories and stories of like every country in the world. There's a whole series. Um, not not all of them have been translated into into English, but uh, the one on Korea was, and I think it's called Korea Unmasked. Ri Won Bok is the artist, and the the one on Korea is Korea Unmasked. That gets into um, a lot of uh, Korean history and Korean culture, and in really interesting ways. Like there's a whole chapter on chopstick lengths between uh, uh, Korea, Japan, and China, and it's like, why would you devote a whole chapter to the length of chopsticks? But it talks about how the reason chopsticks are certain lengths are cultural reasons about how people ate and how people interacted, and like how you can take that and learn from that things about the culture that that still exists today. And it's just really uh, fascinating to me. I think people should read that. And then, uh, and I, I really hope that the rest of the series gets translated in English sometime because he's done, you know, US and France and Japan and China and all the other countries too. Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, of course, the art exists. So we haven't really talked much about the art yet. Uh, you mentioned the artist, Ko Hyung Ju. Um, I read that you want to go Korean artist for this, but what kind of uh, input did the artist have uh, on the story for this? Yeah, I like like you said, I, I didn't. Um, you know, I am an artist, but you know, I didn't. You know, I, I'm not Korean, and I didn't want to like take on a Korean story. Uh, I, I like people being to tell their own stories, and I I was looking for a Korean artist, and I I found uh, Go Hyung Ju as, as part of a group called SIS Comics. That uh, this group of young Korean artists, they're students, and they just um, they do creative challenges, and I I just loved his work. I loved the look of it and the way he created like this um, this school life these school life stories, and it just seemed so how do I say just like you know energetic and fun, and I wanted that kind of balance in the story, like I said, there's some serious things happening, but it's still a coming of age story and there's still like romance and, and dates and hanging out with friends. So I, I really like the, the balance he was be able to, he was able to create by moving between the two uh, different tones. And, um, and yeah, he, he brought a lot to it. Uh, you know, he, he kept pushing me, especially with the, um, the police officer uh, who is kind of hunting the, the students and like, taking them down he kept pushing me to like you know make him more of a sympathetic character and i'm like well he is the embodiment of evil but he's like (laughs) yeah but it's scarier if uh you know if he's not like if he's if a normal person can be led to do something like that that's scarier and i completely agree with that and that's why we we he you know it was his encouragement that that gave him some moments with his family and and that that doesn't take away from like he still does horrible things and he's still terrifying but it's you know it's because of his ideas that I think it makes it that little bit scarier that he can go he can twist on a dime from having a sweet conversation with his daughter about when he's coming home to then beating someone senseless with a book. Right, Agent Oak. I wrote about that in my review about how uh, he just seems all the more vile, all the more uh, foreboding, just because he has those moments with his family where it's just like he's not trying to. Uh, or he doesn't seem outwardly trying to be on a power trip or trying to uh, harm these people or for doing something illegal. It seems more like he is trying to do his job and he wants to do well for his family by doing the job. Yeah, that's that's the scary thing is like it's it's not like uncovering the evil people. It's like there are no evil people. There are people that don't know that they're doing things that are horrifying. And uh, and this 
yeah, it just the, the structure that was there, people thought that that's what was right, was fighting these people that, you know, and it, we, we, we kind of uh, d- discussed what, what happened in the, the Guangzhou incident. And that was like where the military went and just murdered lots of citizens, uh, young people that were protesting the government just because, you know, when, when someone has that much control over what you think and what you read and what you hear and where you get your news, you know, they can be convinced that these are these are invaders from North Korea. They're trying to take over our country, you know, and, and this horrible tragedy happened. And these weren't, you know, this was the, you know, the military. This wasn't like a bunch of evil people. This was just people that were convinced that this is how we do our job. This is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so a general theme of this comic, uh, Band Book Club, feels to me that uh, kindness will win out over all else in their conflicts. And that contrasts with the violence of uh, people like Agent Oak and people of uh, or of any of the antagonists. But if you were to sum up a general theme of the book, how would you do that? I think the one of the main themes is just listening, uh, the importance of listening and, of course, reading. It's about banned books, but just uh, hearing stories outside of what you know and it i think one of the important things uh that i think you highlighted in your review is about how like um you know they weren't just reading books that of what they wanted to know about they were reading books with people they completely disagreed with and you can learn so much from that as well just because one of the characters says i'm reading this so that i recognize the same lies when they come out of the people that you know are politicians Mm -hmm. and so listening to people you completely disagree with can sometimes change your mind, can sometimes help you solidify what you already know to be true. But by blocking off information, uh, it, it's risking you becoming like those people that are doing horrible tragedies because they don't know any better and they refuse to learn uh, any better. Right. Yeah. I think one of the, uh, one of the moments that highlights both the, the kindness and the listening is uh, the moment with, uh, I don't remember her name, but the creator of the Bang Book Club. Uni? Uni, yes. Um, when she just talks about why she created this club to uh, Yinsuk and she displays that, that kindness to the former spy because he was just trying to get an education and he didn't really know anything. But like I loved that scene and it kind of wrapped up everything. Uh, insert it, everything thematically that was going on in the book. Yeah, that was that was really fun to to write someone in that situation because like the you know if, if you think about like what is she going to do? Is she going to be uh, understanding or is she going to be pissed? And like no, a human being is going to be both, and they're not going to know how to channel channel that. So they're going to be like understanding one second, punching a locker the next, and just trying to like handle that like. <laughs> Just, I can uh, imagine how angry she would be with everything she does and everything she's done for this kid, finding out he betrayed her, but then being like, but uh, that's the society I'm trying to fight that makes this happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that is all, that's all I had, but did you have anything else you wanted to add before we end the episode? Um, Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm excited for this book to come out. I'm excited for people to read it. I hope that they get something out of it and uh and learn about how you know the tiny actions we we take can can make a huge difference and uh, i hope people read not just this but lots of different books from all over the world and hear as many stories unlike theirs as they can uh so to close things out where can we find you and bang book club online uh you can find my work at ryanestrada.com i have lots of comics there that you can read for free band book club is everywhere you buy books 
I recommend you get it from your local bookstore because they, you know, they're having a tough time right now. So uh, if you go to uh, IndieBound, you can find your local bookstore and get it shipped directly from them instead of one of the big conglomerates. They got it too, but you know, they got enough money. I'm